Hey, this is Capability Amplifier. I am here today with my good friend, Hal Elrod. Say hi, Hal. Hey, everybody. All right, and this episode is how to create a mainstream miracle movement. Why is this so important? It's because Hal has sold nearly 4 million copies of the miracle movement and some of the other books, and his coursework is actually inside over 200 schools. They're changing the way uh, kids are thinking about and learning and behaving in schools in really profound ways. So you're going to learn a ton from this episode because I got into how did Hal create this movement in the first place, what motivated him. And he's got a great, great hero's journey. How about you, Hal? What did you walk away with? I think my biggest takeaway was the fact that you asking me the questions helped me to understand what were the steps that I used to launch a movement when I had no audience, and then how do you sustain a movement 10 years after you launch it so that it continues to build beyond where it's ever been before? So the bottom line is this, if you've ever wanted to create a movement of your own, you've ever wanted to create a message that would reach millions of people or just even understand how it happens, you're gonna love this episode of Capability Amplifier. I'm here today with my very good friend, Hal Elrod. He's the author, creator of The Miracle Morning and all those products as well. And uh, he's in today from Austin, Texas. He's here with some family. And we got together and thought, man, let's spend some time together in the studio. So Hal, it's always a pleasure to spend time with you. It's an honor to be here in person, man. It's my first time uh, in your home, in your studio. It's oh, yeah. beautiful. Thank you. Well, um, I'm gonna just begin with why don't we do a mini commercial for Hal Elrod? Okay. Um, if you're gonna tell your, we'll call it your origin story, your hero's journey in two minutes that leads to Miracle Morning, give us the basics. I, I'm, I haven't heard your evolved pitch in a while. Yeah, that's because I can, I have tried, I'm long-winded, so two minutes is gonna be tough. Oh, but, uh, nothing, creativity loves constraints. There you, know? you go, so, uh, all right, here we go. Um, so uh, I grew up very uh, mediocre throughout my whole life, right? Really didn't get good grades, wasn't a great athlete, you name it, I really settled for mediocrity and didn't believe in myself. At 20, I met Me a mentor. Too. You good too, job. so many of us. At 20, I met a mentor uh, who changed my life because he really believed in me and I believed in his belief in me and kind of started mm. to, to, to fulfill my potential. Um, a year and a half later, I was hit head on by a drunk driver at 80 miles an hour. I was found dead at the scene, broke 11 bones, came out of a coma six days later, told I would never walk again. And it became a, a shift in my life where I went, what am I meant to do? I think I'm meant to overcome mm. this and start helping other people overcome their limitations and their challenges. Seven years later, Financial crisis happened in 2008. Um, I crashed with the economy, you know, lost over half of my income, depressed, in, in terrible physical shape. I was losing my house, I was in debt, and came up with a solution. And it was a morning ritual. It was that I figured out if I, I start my day in a peak physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual state, I can become the person that I need to be to create what I want for my life. I started this little morning routine. Two months later, I had doubled my income during the 2008 financial crisis. And it felt like a miracle. I went to my wife said, sweetheart, this morning ritual feels like a miracle. She goes, it's your miracle morning. Oh. I go, I like that, I love that. Wrote it in my schedule every day, started teaching it to my clients. And within a matter of months, every one of my clients was doing the miracle morning and they were getting extraordinary results like I was. And that's when the light bulb went off. And I went, if this changed my life and I wasn't a morning person, it's changing my clients' lives and they weren't morning people, this could change the world. 
Three years later, I self-published The Miracle Morning. Um, and uh, to to a, you know to crickets, I didn't I didn't have an audience, mm-hmm. right? But I was committed for as long as it took to sell a million copies. That was the biggest I could think was change one million lives one morning at a time. Mm-hmm. I thought I, I went for it in a year. That year, I sold thirteen thousand copies, so I was ninety eight point seven percent short of my goal. Took six years, and you introducing me to to our agent mm-hmm. Celeste Fine and getting this translated in thirty seven languages. Now the Miracle Morning has sold over three million copies. There was a documentary made called The Miracle Morning, which features our friends Joe Polish and Brenda Burchard and um, Layla Ali and Mel Robbins. You name it, and um, and now it's a worldwide movement. It's practiced in over two hundred schools. There are over twelve books in the Miracle Morning series. There's a Miracle Morning, you know app um, and uh, and on and on and on and we're just continuing to the mission is to elevate the consciousness of humanity one morning at a time I love it well congratulations (laughs) all right so I'm gonna do one more little thing that I think is really interesting about you because um, not too long ago you moved to Austin but then moved on to a uh, you bought a plot of land. Mm-hmm. You're really close to Tucker Max. I yeah. know a lot of the people who listen to us know who Tucker Max is, um, who is a fascinating, fascinating guy. <laughs> As we were talking about earlier. Yeah, yes. it's really, uh, um, I, I love Tucker. He Me is too. He's not for everyone, but man, he's got an incredible, incredible brain. Um, and you are raising turkeys and chickens you just had them uh had them butchered your wife has now learned how to clean she prefers the word processed processed okay yeah yeah. i grew up well processing on a farm you know it's like i didn't personally but my dad did and i spent a lot of time on a farm so yeah i guess that's what i got used to hearing that's interesting i haven't revisited that in a long time Hmm. oh the politically correct version of murdering animals Uh, (laughs) but uh anyway um no it's not um but if I'm just curious and get raw here. What compelled you to make that leap? Mm. What was the motivation and what's the vision you have for this lifestyle that you've chosen for you, your wife, your children? And um, I'm curious about where that came from. Yeah. So, yeah, we had moved into a neighborhood uh, and we we bought the house next door to friends of ours. Mm -hmm. So, it was like, you know, the dream, right? You're living next to your friends. Then another family that uh, David Osborne and his wife, Tracy, said, I, I told David, we bought a house next door to Tim. And he goes, ah, I'm jealous. And then he buys a house uh, in the neighborhood as well. Then our friend, Mike McCarthy, buys a house in the neighborhood. So we have four families living in this beautiful neighborhood in Austin and uh, living what, what you'd imagine was the dream. And, uh, and then some of the you know, the, there's pros and cons to everything. Some of the cons started to emerge. And one of the cons was um, my kids never wanted to be home hmm. because they had, you know, a dozen friends all living, in, you know, each family had a few kids all living in the neighborhood. And I read a book called Hold On to Your Kids, which hmm. was by Dr. Gabor Mate. And I forget hmm. the, the name of the, the other author, but it basically talked about how our children are being raised by each other and they're not qualified to raise each other. Ugh. And we need to hold on to our kids. We need to bring them back into the way it used to be where kids were really raised by their parents, which mm. you don't think we still do that. But, but again, they're, they're spending so much time with, their kid, with other kids. And so then I started to go, gosh, this is really difficult. I'm fighting with the kids in the neighborhood. I mean, not literally, but right, yeah. I'm fighting with the attention 
from my children. And here's the thing is if we say no, it's like, oh, now we're the only parents that are not letting them hang out with the other kids. So now they resent us. So that was part of where I thought, man, I love these families. I love these people. There's so many great things about it, but I kind of want some distance. I want some separation. So that was one of the factors. The other factor was watching society kind of break down mm-hmm. during 2020 with, um, you know, the the riot, you know, the riots and all of these things. And as I looked more and more into the how how um, fragile our yep. society is. My wife and I thought, I want, let's be self-sustainable. Let's, let's make it so that our food isn't reliable on this fragile system. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's grow our own food. Let's raise our own food. And then we also like the idea of let's have our kids out in, how fun would that be to live on land? Yep. And for our kids also, I felt like they weren't working hard enough, right? Meaning like their life was way too easy. And I mm-hmm. go, they're not learning any skills. Like I have friends that grew up on farms, my buddy, John Rulin, yeah. and he's the hardest working guy I know because yeah. he was up at 6 a.m feeding the animals and milking the cows and you know what I mean? And I thought, man, I want my kids to have to get dirty and and work hard. Mm -hmm. And so my wife and I just started talking about what if we were to move out into the country? And uh, we started looking at property and actually, it's, it's funny, Tucker Max, our buddy, he and I uh, had a conversation and uh, he said, yeah, we're looking for land in this one area. And uh, there's a bunch of families out there that are like-minded that are all, um, you know, go, go looking at this, creating a school and so on and so forth. And so that gave us direction of, ooh, let's look in that area. Mm-hmm. And so interestingly, before Tucker found a spot, we actually moved first. I did not know that. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So I, I take credit. Tucker followed there us out go. there. There you go. Good yeah. job. Yeah. Good yeah. job. I'm sure he he would argue that, but uh, no, and then he ended up moving 13 minutes from us. And uh, so we're on 32 acres. Um, we mm-hmm. have 25 chickens. Uh, we have a 38 year old tortoise. Uh, we have two sheep um, and, uh, and we're just getting started. You know, yeah. we're, uh, we're just getting started on the animals and we have, we're building gardens and, um, and there's pros and cons. There's a lot of days in full transparency where I miss my quarter acre lot. That was a hell of a lot easier to take yeah, care right. of, you know, but I go out there and I watch the sunset over the back of our 32 acres and it's just, it's, it's our slice of heaven on earth. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I love it. And, and the vision is that we are completely self-sustainable um, and, uh, and we've got a lot of other families out there that are all on the same path, doing the same thing and we're all kind of supporting each other. Yeah, no, it's, um, I went out and visited Tucker's property and I knew about this going on. I didn't know you were the first to go, Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I love the vision. I grew up in an environment like this and uh, that part I miss, I really do. Um, there, like you say, there's pros and cons. It's one of the reasons it's motivated us to do what we're doing in Mexico. Yeah. I told you about that today. So I think um, what I am next curious about, and by the way, that book, Hold On To Your Kids, mm. it's Gordon Newfield and ah. Mate, which I've got the link, I put it in the show notes already. Such a good book. There we go, it looks interesting. I've, uh, I really love Gabor. I just saw him actually at Joe's um, okay. not long ago. So getting back on track here to your evolution, what I've mm. always found fascinating about you is, you know, when, when I met you, you were coaching, you had just, I think, maybe just written or was about to write the book. Mm. Um, it was early on in your career. And yeah. I can remember, man, this guy is so hungry. And um, you were just crazy enough to pull this off. You know, <laughs> yeah. it was like, uh, 
um, to believe in yourself so much and, and hold on to this vision and figure out how to get there no matter what. Yeah. Um, and then as I watched you evolve, I'd see you speak and I saw you know, a big improvement and change your speaking ability. Now you, you make, make a great living speaking and presenting and you know, what you're doing today. I was, I was yeah. listening to what you're doing <laughs> and, and you just like, you've really grown into this. So I'm curious right now, um, what's your current business look like? Mm. Like if you broke it down, what's the, um, you know, where's the revenue come from? How's it structured? Where is it right now? What do you imagine it to become, given the fact that your kids are old right now? My daughter is 13, my son is 10. Okay, yeah, these are such great years, such yeah. great years. Yeah. Uh, said the guy with the 20 year old. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm really curious what your vision of the next 10 years looks like, if, if you think that far into, into the future. Yeah. Yeah, so when I wrote The Miracle Morning, and I wrote it out of a sense of responsibility, it was like, this changed my life so dramatically, and it's changing all of my coaching clients' lives. I have a responsibility to share this with the world. It was not, I think this will be a best-selling book idea, mm -hmm. not at all. Um, and, and then when I started, before I published the book, it took me three years to write it, and before I published it, I was teaching The Miracle Morning uh, you know, in interviews and I was giving speeches on it and I was coaching people on it and all this. And so I had so much social proof mm -hmm. of, wow, this really helps people. Like I had, you know, I had a gal, this saved my marriage. Mm -hmm. um, I had a 19 year old kid, this got me off my depression meds that I've been on for six years and now I'm not taking him anymore after doing The Miracle Morning for three months. And I'm like, that's profound, you know? Yeah. Um, I had one gal who her dad had committed suicide and she said, I've spent 10 years depressed. I started doing the Miracle Morning a few months ago and I'm, I'm like, I've made peace with it. So, right, so I was like, I have to share this with the world. And the biggest I could say or think, as I mentioned, was a mil you know, change 1 million lives, right? Because yeah. that's like the big number. And then you choose the arbitrary time frame, which is one year, you know? And that year, by the way, I did 152 podcast interviews. I launched my own podcast and did 52 you know, weekly episodes. I gave 36 speeches around America. I was on 13 morning talk shows, including some national NBC talk shows. Um, I, I engaged on social media. I did everything in my power to change 1 million lives one morning at a time. And as I mentioned, we sold 13,000 copies, right? Um, but I was so committed because of the impact it had made for the, you know, all the, the reviews I was getting on Amazon and how it was changing these lives. I, I thought, it doesn't matter how long it takes. I will mm -hmm. spend the rest of my life to reach a million people, right? And uh, it took six years. And six year, after six years, we surpassed a million copies sold. Mm -hmm. And now it's been three or four years since then, and we're at almost four million copies, right? Um, and so the way that I look at it is three million lives have been impacted. And not to mention, by the way, the lives of everyone that they impact, because I hear that. I hear the ripple effect of, I'm now such a better mom because of my miracle morning. I'm so much more patient with my kids, right? I'm such a better CEO because mm -hmm. of my miracle morning, right? Mm -hmm. So so the impact is, I mean, the 3,000 or 3 million books, but who knows how many, you know, millions upon millions of lives have been impacted as a result. The way I look at it though is 3 million copies sold, 8 billion people need to hear about the miracle morning. Mm -hmm. uh, in 2016, I wrote a 10 year vision. And one of the pieces of that vision was the miracle morning is practiced by every school in America. And as a result, bullying is almost non-existent. 
How are you going to bully with the kid that you just meditated with and you listen to him be vulnerable and share his affirmations and so on and so forth? Um, mental health issues for kids are at a minimum. And again, that was come seeing it happen from these other teens and so on and so forth. Um, kids ability to focus, uh, mm -hmm. you know, um, like I was on, I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was younger on Adderall for many years, uh, felt like it was did very detrimental in a lot of ways to me. Um, and, uh, and I thought, you know, the ability to, now I use my miracle morning to focus. So I thought, wow, if kids could learn that and not be on, you know, medicated, so on and so forth. So I set that goal and it's amazing how sometimes the idea of manifesting, right? You, you, you know, you, you write something down and then you don't even know how it's gonna happen sometimes. It's great to make plans and have step by step by step, here's how I'm gonna get there, which a lot of my goals I've done, but a lot of them it's like, um, I don't exactly know how I'm gonna get there. And now, um, Brianna Greenspan, who is the co-author of one of the books in the Miracle Morning mm -hmm. series, there's about a dozen or so books. Uh, she wrote The Miracle Morning Art of Affirmations, which is a coloring book with affirmations for adults and kids. Um, Brianna has single-handedly created a position for herself as the director of education for the Miracle Morning. And wow. she has single-handedly gotten the Miracle Morning in over 200 schools just in the state of New York. That's our test state. And the results are profound. The first school that ever implemented it, they had a huge problem with detention uh, and um, suspensions. Uh, they've had been doing the Miracle Morning for roughly nine months. They went from it being one of the worst schools in their district in terms of suspensions to zero. Mike, it doesn't even make sense. Wow. If I hadn't have gone, I went there two weeks ago met with the principal, went and saw the students and sh showed me their affirmations. And if I hadn't seen it firsthand and her explaining, you know, Hal, we're at zero. We've been at zero since we begin implementing the Miracle Morning in our schools. So the mission of the Miracle Morning, once we reached a million people, it had to change, right? Well, okay, we've now changed a million lives one morning at a time. Now what? Now it's to elevate the consciousness of humanity one morning at a time. And that's not just a cute, fancy, inspiring sounding tagline. It's literally what happens when a human being, right? When you dedicate time every morning to your personal evolution, to your personal growth and development, when you become more aware of how your thoughts, your words, your actions are impacting your life, yourself, and the people that you reach and that you impact, you are elevating your own consciousness. Mm. And now that we have millions of people doing that and it's spreading to millions more and eventually billions of people, it's literally elevating the consciousness of humanity one morning or one miracle morning at a time, if you will. And so the vision now is to continue the movement, to continue to reach more people. Like I said, number one, 3 million people have read the book and begin the practice. So I have 8 billion people to reach and I'll spend the rest of my life doing everything in my power to reach those people. And then, you know, one of those initiatives that I'm so excited about is the miracle morning in schools, mm. because to, to learn the, you know, meditation, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, journaling, to practice this as an elementary school student or a high school student, right? The impact, the way that's gonna elevate your consciousness as your brain is still developing, I can't even imagine if we had these tools, Mike, when we were the, you know, that age. Hey, this is Mike Koenigs. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you're an action taker and ready to transform and reinvent yourself and your business, go to connecttomike.com to learn more 
and book a conversation with me right now. All right, back to the episode. Wow. Okay, there's a lot to unpack here. Um, while you were going through that, I realized the name of this episode is called How to Create a Mainstream Miracle Movement. Mm, okay. And uh, what I'm hearing and what I'm super curious about, because I'm a very much like, oh, how, how, how? I want to yeah. go into how mode. Yeah. Um, so I want to deconstruct. First of all, congratulations on that. I had no idea that, first of all, I didn't realize you, you're up to f- almost 4 million books and I didn't know about the school thing. So yeah. congratulations. Thank you. Beautiful. Um, if there was something to celebrate, I am with you. I think um, uh, ignorance is forgivable, stupid isn't. Sure. And uh, one of the things that you have the ability to do here, you're clearly doing, is uh, bringing a way of thinking to kids. And if you want to change a society, we've got to change our children and mm. you've got to give them a reason to think differently. And and we talked about this in the previous episode we, we recorded, which is create a new identity, mm-hmm. um, a compelling future. And, and that's a big part of what A Miracle Morning is all about. So, here is the question. Earlier, I had asked you, like, what is it that are that have made the biggest impact so far in creating your movement. So here you are, you've got a miracle topic, a miracle morning, it's something that could appeal and apply to anyone, no matter Mm. where you are. Um, You've created a franchise of books and allowed other authors to write like you, very similar to what Jack Canfield did with Chicken Soup. And I'm curious about the domino movers, the things that have made the biggest difference. So you did a bunch of stuff when you got started to create the movement, which was you spoke everywhere. You said yes to everything. You got on a bunch of podcasts. You did a lot of media and uh, you wrote your book and you, and you, you were a grinder. Mm. Yep. And then boom, um, you started creating that movement and there was no boom there. It was just like, but I know there are things that made the biggest differences. If you're going to sort by most effective looking down, what were the most effective domino movers then? Yeah. And looking at what you have right now, what are the most effective domino movers now? So if you had to pick from three multipliers that like if you had to do three things that made the biggest impact, what are they? What would they be? So go yeah. to the then and do the now. Yeah. Yeah. So first and foremost, I think writing the book, right? That, 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 that allows you to solidify mm-hmm. your ideas, you know? And it forces you to figure them out, right? You know, it's one thing to talk about something and every time you talk about it, it might be a little different when you actually have to write a book. I'm going through the process right now. I'm writing a book called The Miracle Life. And I've yep. been talking about these concepts on my podcast for two years, but having to write it in a coherent flow forces you to really get clear mm-hmm. on the message that you're trying to share. Yep. So writing the book was a big, you know, was was monumental uh, for a lot of reasons. One is obviously that's how the movement has been created and spread and so on and so forth. Here's the piece though about the book, you know, the Miracle Morning book, yes, I did a lot to promote it, but it, it, it then became a word of mouth phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And example of that is the year that I had cancer. Well, I, you know, yeah, basically the year that I was in the hospital fighting cancer, I went from, you know, promoting all the time to zero. 
I mean, to zero. I was mm-hmm. in the hospital for most of eight months uh, doing 700 hours of chemotherapy, fighting for my life. And so I wasn't doing interviews. I wasn't doing speeches. I wasn't doing any of that. Um, that year, we sold more books than any year before. And that was the, uh, what was that? The fifth, sixth year since the book published. Yep. So it was strictly people reading the book, telling other people to buy the book, right? Not me driving it. So I've been asked a lot, like, how do you create, how did you create a book that, it went, what made it go so viral, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this is my, my theory, if you will. Um, my educated theory is most books shift your thinking, right? You read a book and as you're reading it, there's a quote, an, a, mm-hmm. an idea, concept, and you go, boom, mind blown. Oh my God, I've never looked at the world that way. And if anybody's in earshot that day, you might say, oh my God, you got to read this book. <laughs> you got to read, man, I read this thing this morning. He talked about how the way we communicate with people, whatever it is, right? It's like, mm-hmm. and it just, it was a total paradigm shift for me. And now I see the world differently, right? Here's the problem. Most books, because they only shift your thinking, it's very short-lived, mm-hmm. right? Because as you're reading a book, it might be the best book you've ever read while you're reading it. And so you tell other people they should read it. But as soon as you're done reading that book and you're on to the next book, now that new book's shifting your thinking and now that's all you're talking about. Yep. What's unique about The Miracle Morning that any author or any creator of a movement can, can duplicate is it changes not people's, th- yes, people's thinking, but more importantly, it changes their behavior. It changes their daily behavior and it changes their behavior in a way that perpetually adds value to their life, enriches their life every single day. And it's a ritual that they install in their life so that long after they're done reading the book, they're still talking about it. I've had people tell me all the time, they go, man, you know, now that I'm a, you know, miracle morning person, I'm a mediocre evening person, you know, (laughs) they go, go, I'm in bed by, you know, nine o'clock every night. Right. And they said, so I'm leaving dinner parties early all the time, for example. And it comes up, it's only 830. Why are you leaving? Mm -hmm. I got to get home so I can get in bed because I got to do my miracle morning tomorrow. Well, you're what? What's a miracle? What's a miracle morning? Uh Oh, uh well, it's this book that I read four years ago. (laughs) <laughs> Six years ago, and I'm on my thousandth mirror. I mean, we have a um, the Miracle Morning. Well, this is actually a good a good segue into another another one of these pieces. Uh, when I was finished with the rough draft of the book, right? So, but the first, but before I transition to the community, I want to just make sure I emphasize this: changing behavior. Yeah. And if you're listening and you go, okay, that that makes sense. If I could, if I could share content with people that actually change their daily behavior in a way that perpetually added value to their life so much so that they'd want to tell other people, God, that makes sense. But hell, if you know, you, your book is changing behavior. It's literally, you're giving them a morning routine. I'm writing a book for, for couples, right? Or my content's on how to grow a business or whatever it is. How do I apply that? How do I, how do I transfer that to what I talk about? Here's an example. Let's say you're writing a book on improving a marriage, right? Um, you just have to ask yourself, what are the rituals and or routines? What are the daily behavior changes that I can give to that couple that enables them to do something every day that maybe enhances their communication or their romance mm-hmm. or helps them feel more connected, whatever it is, right? Maybe it's a daily gratitude practice at the end of the day. Um, 
but what can you get? Maybe it's something they do every, you know, your, your habit stack, and you tie it into their, hey, before dinner every day, start doing this ritual where you share gratitude, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. You can integrate behavior change in any topic. And if you can make it daily, that's ideal because it really becomes a part of their everyday life. And then now they're going, oh my gosh, you got me, me and, uh, you know, me and my, my spouse, we're doing so good, really, you know, right? That, think about that. Someone's gonna ask, how are you and uh, Mary doing? Yeah. Oh, we're doing great. Actually, we're do- we started doing this thing last mm-hmm, year mm-hmm. and we're still doing it. And man, we learned it in this book. It has just been a total game changer for us. What's that book again, right? So changing behavior is arguably the most important piece. And then I'd love to shift to community, but mm-hmm. if I wanna pause and see if there's anything you wanna follow up on. No, I got a, I got a ton of notes here, which I'm putting in the show notes, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> um, because I, I think the biggest, biggest takeaway is, um, you know, what's unique about the Miracle Morning is it changes daily behavior in a way that perpetually changes and improves their life or the reader's life every day. So they keep talking about it. That That is, if there was a, a massively be, beneficial takeaway. Um, so I'm gonna just, I'm not gonna interrupt you right now. I know what I'm gonna ask next, but I want okay. you to stay on your, on your yeah. flow. Thanks for asking for yeah, a little absolutely. break there. Go for it. Um, so when I sent the, when I wrote the rough draft of the Miracle Morning, I sent it to um, a handful of, people in my world. Mm-hmm. I sent it to my sister because she's brilliant. Um, and uh, I sent it to my buddy, John Broman, founder of Front Row Dads. Yep. Um, John Berghoff, founder of Exchange, right? So, so a handful of different, of different friends and, and family members. And I said, I, just, I want your feedback. Mm-hmm. And John Broman came back and he said, hey, um, one thing I want to ask, do you have any kind of um, online forum or community where people that are reading mm-hmm. your book can go and connect to support each other and share ideas. Cause he goes, I'd imagine that Miracle Morning is a pretty lonely thing, right? You're, you're up before the rest of your family, possibly you're doing it on your own. Mm-hmm. There's nobody holding you accountable and it can yeah. be real easy to fall back into your old pattern of just snoozing, you know, through the morning. And uh, I said, oh, that's a great idea. I said, what, do you have any recommendations? He said, I would just use a Facebook group, mm-hmm. you know? And again, this is 2012. I mean, Facebook groups were, were you're probably pretty new, but yep. he said, you know, don't, don't create somewhere new that people have to log into. They already got to log into enough places every day. Just go, they're already on Facebook every day. Yep. Just put it there. I go, all right, great idea. So I start the Miracle Morning Community Facebook group and I add the five people that read the first draft of the book, right? Um, I'll fast forward, that book, that group now has 338,000 members. Um, and I've never like those, that's organic. That's people that have read the book and then joined the community. Um, and they wake up every day and support each other. And they're from over, you know, well over a hundred countries. Um, the importance of that, of creating a community where mm. people could support each other. And in the beginning I engaged daily, right? Cause there was nobody else. You know I mean? There were just a few people. It was me adding value, so on and so forth. Now it's self-perpetual. I don't, I go in there almost every day and I check, I comment, I love and like posts. Of course I can't nearly keep up. You know, I just try to, yeah. I just want to keep my pulse on how's this community going, but it's become one of the most supportive, loving, non-judgmental accepting online communities that I've ever seen. And here's, you know, it really goes back to the mission of the Miracle Morning mission now is to elevate the consciousness of humanity one morning at a time. If you wanna see what that looks like, go log into the Miracle Morning community uh, Facebook group. Okay. And you'll see this, it, it's, to me, it's one of the finest examples of humanity, people just loving each other and supporting each other. Um, and not even just with the Miracle Morning, I had a gal 
she shared, uh, hey, my husband just got a diagnosis. Um, it doesn't look good. I think it was cancer or something. And she said, I, 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 I know this isn't quite, you know, it's not Miracle Morning related, but I just, this is the most positive group of people that I know mm-hmm. and I don't know where else to turn. I would appreciate, you know, any thoughts or prayers. And within 24 hours, there were 3,000 comments on that post. So people, and I go, where else are you going to go to get 3,000 people praying for your, yeah. <laughs> your spouse, you know? And so, um, yeah, so just the, the, the power of, and, and the optimism of like, hey, the majority of people are still good hearted people. Mm. Right now, ever since 2020, with the political climate and the division that's been perpetuated by politicians, the media, you name it, I think that we are all living in an illusion that's, pardon my French, it's effed up, right? Meaning we actually believe that these people are wrong and we're right, and that these people are so different from us, Mm -hmm. right? No, that's an illusion. Every single human on the planet has far more in common than we will ever have different. The differences are superficial. You think or believe one thing because you're watching one news station and I think or believe something, but, but that's all an illusion, right? So again, I just, it's, it's a reminder. I feel like the one word, if there's one thing we need, and this came to me in like a meditation prayer session, it's unity right now. Mm-hmm. It's to remember that we're all brothers and sisters. We're mm-hmm. members of the human family. And to me, the miracle morning is really just a, you know, it's it, among many things, but it's a shared practice that every day we can all get quiet and remember what really matters. And remember that we all should be loving and supporting each other and accepting of each other's differences and realizing that we all have far more in common than we will ever have different. Well done, sir. So uh, a positive community and unity which involves creating a shared practice. It's just a place to go to church. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's really yeah, there what you it go. Is. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's, um, let's move to the now. Mm. Like, what's, what do you believe is propelling this now? So that's clearly a great stack. It's working without you necessarily. Yeah. Um, and you did mention early on what Brianna Greenspan did with the morning, uh, money, Miracle Morning Art and putting that into schools. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got partner books, which you've been able to leverage other people's um, communities, connections, relationships, followings. But let's say you were gonna focus on three things that are keeping this in motion right now. If you're gonna lo- focus on three multipliers, what would they be? Yeah, um, one, it's nurturing the community. Uh, and that's always been, you know, I think a big part of it is mm-hmm. people feeling like Hal really cares and he's showing up for us and he's adding value. For example, when I launched my podcast, when the uh, book came out, um, I didn't take a sponsor on for like five years and I turned him down one after another because I thought, and, and I finally had to get over, like the, the reason I didn't take any on is because I thought I launched this podcast to serve my community and I don't want to taint that with, oh, now mm-hmm. I'm making money from the podcast. Yeah, and I finally had you know a friend that was like, dude, you can you can do both. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's no there's no reason. Donate all the money to charity if you want, but like there's no yeah. reason that if sponsors want to pay you and these are products that you use, right? Um, 
but but anyway the point and, and i'm curious how many sponsors um how many commercials per episode and what do you charge like what's the i'm just yeah, I do. I have two sponsors uh, right now, and I went. I, I, so it was hard for me to go from zero to one. Mm-hmm. When I finally did that, then go to one to two, I'm like, oh, now I'm getting greedy, you know. And mm-hmm. um, but then I found two that are very aligned. Uh, so my two sponsors, the only two I've ever had, first is Organifi, and oh, yeah. you know this will be our fourth year together or mm-hmm. something. Um, and then more recently is a company that's kind of affiliated called Cured Nutrition, um, and uh, and uh, and and I I take both. You know, I won't take on a sponsor unless I have tried their products, love their products, you know, and so those are my only two sponsors. Um, And, uh, you know, one pays 6,000 a month, one pays 4,000 a month, you know, and um, that kind of thing. So, um, but but in terms of nurturing the community, so I, uh, four months ago, three or four months ago, uh, my team and I were meeting going, how can we better serve our community? And uh, and we said people are craving connect. We surveyed our audience, and one mm-hmm. was I'm lonely. I'm craving connection. I love the Miracle Morning community on Facebook, but I, I it's just a Facebook group, right? I I comment. I love seeing posts. They light me up. I I, I want to find a way to connect with Miracle Morning community members more intimately. And so we um uh, at the last Wednesday of every month, we just launched the Miracle Morning. It was called the Miracle Morning Community Gathering. Uh, this month will be the first we're renaming it, uh, the miracle morning elevating consciousness experience. I wanted to really, uh, br- you know, bring that concept to the forefront. Cause that to me is what it's doing. Um, and I'm trying to normalize elevating consciousness. I mm. feel like it's what the world needs right now, but it's a very foreign concept. Like mm. if you said somebody, you know, you talk about elevating consciousness. Like, I don't know what that means. What is, you know, what is consciousness? What context are you using that in terms of? So the point is, we now um, do this free event online for the Miracle Morning community. We use Zoom. It's a two-hour experience. Uh, it includes a live guided savers. There's a gal named Lucy Osborne, uh, who is the voice of the Miracle Morning app. We launched mm. an app in January. And um, she, she leads people through guided savers. So they do medita- we do meditation and affirmations and visualization and exercise all live on Zoom. Um, and then uh, I'll come on and, uh, and I'll do like a 30-minute you know, keynote, if you will. And then we have this whole orchestrated into breakout rooms where, where Miracle Morning community members activate what they learn from me, they set their vision, and they support each other, and mm. they connect, and it's really a lot of, t- and then they come back and share, you know, who wants to share what what worked for you, what didn't. So, that's been a really powerful way to, to really serve the community, and some people have said, like, I, you're not selling it, what are you going to like I, I totally thought you were gonna. It was supposed to sell something. This isn't like a webinar to sell something. This is literally there's nothing being sold, and none of us are being paid. It's this huge investment of our time, money, and energy strictly to authentically serve the community. Mm-hmm. It kind of goes back to my initial podcast intention, which is like I really do want to selflessly serve people and not serve people so that I can get something out of it. Mm-hmm. And it's a real significant shift in intention. Right, Mm -hmm. and and then again, the problem becomes, well, how do you get over that to actually go, okay, you can serve and monetize Mm -hmm. (laughs) your service, right? And so I've had to wrestle with how do I keep my intention pure of selflessly adding value and also support my family, (laughs) you know, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So the the nurturing of the community is a big piece. Uh, Another piece is you've part of nurturing, or not even nurturing, but part of serving is is adding new value, right? It's just a reality where even if 
you know, the, the most important things that we can do or, or, or support each other in doing or the things that have worked for centuries, unfortunately, unfortunately or fortunately, our society's been conditioned to want new. Oh, I need the new app. I need the new. And we discount the old. Oh, I've heard of that before. Yeah, you, but are you doing it? Uh, well, no, but I'm not interested in it because I've heard about it. It's mm-hmm. old, right? In fact, I'm guilty. I almost dismissed the savers because when I was trying to figure out what the world's most successful people do for personal development, and I found meditation, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and journaling, I went, all right, well, I guess I didn't find what I was looking for. This is all, nothing's uh-huh. new. Yeah. This is nothing new. And then I finally, the paradigm was shift was, oh, wait a minute. The world's most successful people have sworn by these practices for centuries. Maybe I should actually do them instead of mm-hmm. dismissing them because I've heard of them, yeah, right? Right. So to that point, the 10 year anniversary of the Miracle Morning book comes out is next month. Um, wow. It published on 12, 12, 12. December of 12, 2012. So you and I right now, we're about a month away from December. Actually, are we almost exact? That's tomorrow, I think. It'll be a month from tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, December 12, 2022 the 12th, is the 10-year anniversary. Yeah. Oh, it is? Yeah. Okay, so we're a month away. Um, and so I, ever since the book published, right around the time the book published, Tim Ferriss had just come out with the four-hour work week. Yeah. Updated and expanded edition. Mm. And I was a big fan of both books, bought both books, and I thought, one day I'm going to write the Miracle Morning updated and expanded edition. And the 10-year anniversary always felt like the time. Yeah. Um, So, for the last six months, I have been completely rewriting the Miracle Morning uh, from the place of consciousness that I'm at now versus where I was 10, 11, 12 years ago when I was first writing the book. Mm. Um, and, uh, and adding two bonus chapters, The Miracle Evening and The Miracle Life, which is basically my next book, but trying to get it into a chapter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, and so that probably won't be out until like mid to late 2023. I was trying to get it done on time for the anniversary, but we're going with a major publisher. That's another piece of this. Of course. Um, right now, The Miracle Morning is still self-published in the US and it's traditionally published thanks to you and your introduction to my agent mm-hmm. uh, in 37 other languages. Um, so I'm hybrid, right? I got self-published US. Well, now we're gonna be, we're missing out on the retail market. And so I've always oh. thought that to reach the masses in the US, I need to find a major publisher that will go big and put this in, you know, displays in Walmart and Target and Costco and every bookstore. And so we finally found that publisher and they're, they're looking at September, 2023, I think as the release date. So, but anyway, that's an important piece is adding new value, creating mm-hmm. new content, keeping it fresh so people stay interested and you can still add value to their lives. Okay, that was, that was a lot. It was really good. But um, what I really hear here is, um, you know, nurture the community. That's momentum building. Um, and then continue to build on the brand. I had two reactions. So if, if I may, can I give you just some thoughts that I, I got as a marketer when I heard something? Yeah, please. Okay. So um, here's what it was. When you s- mentioned the name, I'm a big naming guy. And yeah. you basically just said, I want to create, I, we call it the Miracle Morning Elevating Consciousness Experience. And I'm a big believer in sell them what they want, give them what they need. Mm, okay. So the if someone has to say, what is that and what does it mean? 
And my my meter, it, like it sounds neat, but it'd be like, yeah, I don't know if I need that. Versus, um, you know, uh, it's like meet the community or meet new friends. It's like, a, it, it, you know, and, and part of it is I'm lonely. I'm craving community and connection, and um, and it'd be like if the Miracle Morning Connection Creator or something like that. If the word or description was what you're doing. So give them what they want if there's a lot of demand for that. Um, and I'm not exactly sure what that word should be right now versus- I like connection. Yeah, and I, I, I think connection is one of the words, but if you, if, if you were gonna answer this question, so you know what they want, and I would actually survey that. What's the number one thing you want more than anything in your life right now? And what's the number one thing you wish the Miracle Morning could give you? And find out what all those words are. I think the answer would show up from that. And then maybe you'd a do another survey question, which is, what is the number one thing you've gotten from being a member of the Miracle Morning community? Um, but... If you have that, and again, what you wanna help them do is imagine a bigger future and have the experience of receiving whatever that desire is upfront. Give them the result outcome benefit right away. And, and if you can deliver that in what it is called, I'm telling you, I think this will grow five or 10 times faster and you'll get a lot more engagement a lot quicker and then you can always give them what they need by telling them, and, I, and I'll, I'll do this all the time. I'll say, okay, I got you here because I promise you're going to make more money, okay? Yeah. And achieve greater status and improve your, your health and well-being. The truth is that's not really what you need. Yeah, yeah, okay? yeah. What you need is a new identity. You know, that's what you seek, yes. So anyway, um, just to uh, bring this bring this around, I love the miracle life as well, and and I think the other thing that I I want to commend you on is the fact that you're you're not monetizing. So I have a tendency to monetize too quickly. I'll be like, well, <laughs> I'm just going to do it because this way I only get buyers showing up, and non buyers sometimes are the first to complain and whine and not see value. hundred percent. So I don't want the unwashed masses. You're yeah. in a different space. Yeah. And then, but on the other, uh, at the same time, pigs get fat, hogs go to slaughter. Um, by building this massive goodwill um, and then saying, um, and, and you can create an event where you've genuinely said, a lot of people are asking for X yeah. and we wanna deliver that, but we also wanna make sure that the people who show up are the ones who are gonna have the highest degree of implementation. So you can frame it as the reason why this is an investment is because, yeah. you know, if you want a miracle, you gotta show up and invest like it's a miracle or whatever your, your uh, language patterns are. Sure. But let's wrap this up because I could go on and on and on. But for you, if you are going to, um, you know, end with a, Miracle movement, word of mouth phenomenon, if anything else about creating a miracle movement, what would your advice be? Stick with it. 
Okay. Um, you know, it's, it's often said it takes 10 years to be an overnight success. Mm-hmm. Actually, you said this when I was interviewing yeah. you, you know, you said that begs the question, what, what are you willing to commit 10 years of your life to, to make it an overnight success then, yeah, right? Right. Yeah. It's funny. I just, I, I didn't realize until I said yeah, it that you I, told me I that. forgot that. Yeah. 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 You're just so much wisdom out there. Um, no, but, but here's the thing. So it, you know, again, my goal was to sell a million books in a year. And it took me six, right? And I could have given up. I mean, 13,000 copies of the first year. I'm 98.7% short of the goal. That's pretty discouraging, you know? Yeah, yeah. And by the way, I pulled out a calculator. And if you, 13,000, I believe, a million divided by 30, I think it was 107. It would have taken me 117 years at that pace. Yeah, yeah, you, can, yeah. you can run the numbers. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to be dead. Um, but, uh, but, what I've here's what I've realized 76 for, years 76 okay yeah. what I've realized for anybody listening I want you to think about this right human beings we're very impatient we want what we want we want it now we look at other people that are succeeding at a higher level and we're jealous we're envious we want to be where they are now right and here's what I've realized when you finally get to the point in your life or in your business mm-hmm. that you've been working so hard for for so long you almost never wish it would have happened any sooner Instead, you get there, you look back, you're like, oh, it had to take six years. I had to go through the ups and downs. I had to meet person A, year three, that led to person B, year four, right? right? And so, damn, I wasted so much time being insecure, uh, upset, depressed, scared, worried. What a waste of energy. And that to me is a, it's true for life. At the end of our life, I think we're going to look back and go, everything happened as it happened. Mm-hmm. And every moment I spent in a suboptimal mental and emotional state was a waste of the gift of the life that I was blessed to live. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening to this right now, yes, wake up every day and maintain a healthy sense of urgency to put one foot in front of the other, keep moving forward, keep moving forward, keep moving forward. But know that when you finally get to the point you've been working so long, hard for for so long, the timing is always perfect. So be at peace with where you are on this journey mm-hmm. and enjoy every freaking moment of this one life you've been blessed to live. Well, I can't put a cherry on top of that, so I won't. So here's what I will say. First of all, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, the world. And uh, this was fa- fascinating. Really great. I've wanted to talk to you about this for a long time, so it's a great excuse. Nice. And... Um, for you watching, listening, uh, make sure you follow Hell Elrod at hellelrod.com. Where else can we send them? MiracleMorning.com is probably the best place. Okay. From there, you can get the book, the movie, the app, the community, all of it. Boom. And uh, definitely study what he's doing. Study what he's doing next. Buy all his stuff <laughs> and uh, join his community if you want to study it or enjoy it as well. This is Capability Amplifier. Hopefully your capabilities have been amplified just listening to this. Now go out and multiply. All right, let's say goodbye. Bye, everybody.